Ephesians 5 and verse number 1. The Bible said, Be ye therefore followers of God as dear children, and walk in love as Christ also hath loved us, and hath given himself for us, an offering and a sacrifice to God for a sweet-smelling savor. But fornication and all uncleanliness or covetousness, let it not be once named among you as become as saints, neither filthiness nor foolish talking nor jesting, which are not convenient, but rather giving of thanks. For this ye know, that no whoremonger nor unclean person nor covetous man who is an idolater hath any inheritance in the kingdom of Christ and of God. Let no man deceive you with vain words, for because of these things cometh the wrath of God upon the children of disobedience. Be not ye therefore partakers with them, for ye were sometimes darkness, but now are ye light in the Lord, walk as children of light. For the fruit of the Spirit is in all goodness and righteousness and truth, proving what is acceptable unto the Lord. And have no fellowship with unfruitful works of darkness, but rather reprove them. For it is a shame even to speak of those things which are done of them in secret. But all things that are reproved are made manifest by the light. For whatsoever doth make manifest is light. Wherefore he saith, Awake thou that sleepest, and arise from the dead, and Christ shall give thee light. See then that ye walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise, redeeming the time, because the days are evil. Wherefore be ye not unwise, but understanding what will, the will of the Lord is. And be not drunk with wine, wherein is excess, but be filled with the Spirit, speaking to yourself in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord, giving thanks always for all things unto God and the Father, in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, submitting yourself one to another in the fear of God. Heavenly Father, thank you for the singing. Thank you for the giving this morning. And I pray these next few moments that you would give us liberty beyond ourselves. I pray the Holy Spirit would work and move in the hearts of your people. And may the will of God be done. And we'll love you. We'll praise you. We'll thank you. For we do ask in Jesus' name we do pray. Amen. Amen. You can be seated this morning. I want to preach a few minutes this morning on this subject. On the greatest need in our churches today. The greatest need in our churches today. Here in these verses that we have read, these 21 verses this morning, uh, we find that these verses contain 12 rules for the Father's household and for the Father's house. In verse number one and two, he tells, tells us to follow Christ in love. In verse number three, he tells us to avoid all immorality. In verse number four, in verse number five, he tells us to refrain from obscene language. In verse number six, in verse number seven, he tells us not to allow others to deceive us. In verse number eight and nine, in verse number 11, down through verse number 14, he tells us to walk in the light. In verse number 10, in verse number 17, he tells us to seek God's will and to do it. In verse number 15, in verse number 16, he tells us to use every opportunity to do good. In verse number 18, he says, be not drunk with wine. In verse 18, he says, to be filled with the Spirit. In verse 19, he says, to use music to encourage each other and to worship God. In verse number 20, he says to be thankful for all things. And verse 21, he tells us to submit ourselves one to another. I think those are 12 good rules for the Father's household. And you may be here this morning and say, well now preacher, that's a lot of instruction. And how can I live up to those 12 rules? Well, I'll tell you the only way you and I can do that is by our walk with the Lord. Amen? If you and I do not walk with God, then we will not obtain those things 
things within ourselves. You see, you could write all 12 of those things down and you could carry them around and say, am I doing this or am I doing that? You know what? That'd just be misery, wouldn't that? I mean, that'd be miserable for me and you knowing that we would fail every day trying to keep those 12 rules for the Father's household. And they are good rules this morning, by the way, because they're Bible rules, they're principles, and they're right here instructions given in the work of God. But we can sum it all up this morning by saying that those rules consist in a consistent walk with the Lord. Amen? I'm preaching on the greatest need in our churches today. And the greatest need in our church to churches today is that we be filled with the Holy Spirit. Amen? You see, this morning... We have good churches, we have great churches, we have talented churches, we have growing churches, we have big churches, we have small churches. Uh, churches can be defined uh, in so many different areas. We have working churches and serving churches uh, and busy churches. Uh, there's a lot of things we could say about churches that are all good. But I wanna tell you this morning, uh, uh, the best thing that can be said about a church and the most needful thing is that we have a spirit-filled church, amen? And the church will never be more spirit-filled than those that are sitting in the pews. Amen? I'm telling you, we're living in a time when we've got anarchy in the government, we've got apostasy in the pulpit, and we've got apathy in our pews. Amen? And the only hope and the only solution in this hour is that we as the saints of God be filled with the Holy Spirit. Amen? And that's got everything to do with our walk this morning. When you think about walking and this walk that Paul is going to talk about, when when I think about this walk, it is a determined walk, amen? In other words, you don't walk with God by accident. The Bible said in James 4 and verse number seven, draw nigh to God and he'll draw nigh to you. Friend, if you're gonna walk with God, you're gonna have to take the first step, amen? Because God's a perfect gentleman. He's not gonna force himself on me. He's not gonna force himself on you. But God said, if you'll draw nigh to me, I'll draw nigh to you. If you'll take one step toward me, I'll take two steps towards you. But it's got to do with our wall and it's got to be a determined wall. You've got to determine in your heart that you're going to walk with God and then it's got to be a daily walk. Isn't that right? I mean it can't just be here and there but you've got to determine that every day you're going to make time to walk with God. You're going to walk in the spirit as the Bible said in Galatians 6 and verse 5, chapter 5 and verse number 16. This I say then walk in the spirit and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. Amen. It's a determined walk and it is a daily walk, isn't that right? And then I want to say it's a distant walk. You know, if you're going to walk with God, you're going to have to walk the distance. You're going to, listen, this is serving God and walking with God. It's not just a day or two, but you got to be in it for the long haul, isn't that right? What I mean by that is, listen, a lot of times uh, in this life, we're waiting for God to just uh, give us some kind of lightning bolt experience. Uh, we're waiting for God to just empower us in some magnificent way. But can I tell you, that's not the way it happens. Uh, it's a distant walk. Uh, you gotta be willing. Listen, you don't win a marathon, uh, listen, by just running a 10-yard dash, amen? You gotta be in it for the long haul. You've got to, listen, you've got to stay in it for the entire duration. And can I tell you, being filled with the Spirit is, 
It's not some charismatic instant, uh, a lightning bolt of experience, no. But the Bible says it comes uh, by daily walking, uh, walking the distance, uh, uh, being consistent in your Bible reading, being consistent in your prayer life. Uh, you say, but I fail in those areas sometimes. Well, the Bible said in the book of Proverbs that a just man falleth seven times, but he riseth up again. When you fall, don't listen, just because you get down, don't stay down, amen? Uh, uh, get back up, pick your Bible back up, go back into your prayer closet again, repent, confess, but pray on and walk on for the glory of God, amen? It's a distant walk, and then it is a devoted walk, amen? Many things and many people will try to rob you of your time in your walk with God. They may not always realize it, and most don't, Events and things that happen, the devil will come, the flesh will say, the world will invite. You've got to do this and you've got to do that and they're not sinful things, they're worthy things, they're even sometimes needful things, but they're not more needful than your walk with God. Ain't not a person here this morning, if I told, asked you, is working your job important? Well, everybody would say it's important and it is. And it's not just important, but it's needful this morning. But I want to tell you, it's not more needful than walking with the Lord. Every day, he deals with this walk. Three things about this walk, and we'll be through this morning. He tells us in verse number two, and walk in love. He said, if you're going to be followers of God as dear children, in verse number one, the first thing to do is walk in love. I'm going to tell you this morning, I believe a church ought to be separated. Somebody say amen. And he deals with that in verse number three. In verse number four, he talks about fornication and all uncleanliness and covetousness. Let it not be once named among you as become a saint, neither filthiness nor foolish talking nor jesting, which, is, which are not convenient, but rather giving of thanks. And so as believers this morning, I think a church ought to be a separated church. But can I tell you, something this morning. I don't want to be known as a separated church. I want to be separated. But that's not what I want our church to be known as. You said, but Brother Gravely, isn't that a good thing? It is, but it's not what we're, it's not the main thing this morning. Do you know separation? It's important. It's vital. We can't do without it. If we, if, listen, if we're right with God, we will come out from among this world and be, se- be separate, saith the Lord, and touch not the unclean thing uh, as the word. I believe in separation. I think you know that by now. But I'm telling you, that's not, that's not the height. You know what that is? That's an elementary thing that many people never get past. Bible separation? Living separate from this world, do you realize that's one of the first things God starts doing when you get saved? Is he starts bringing you out from this world. So no, I don't want the church to be known uh, for their separation. I don't want the church to be known uh, for a lot of, I don't want us to be known for our singing, amen. Thank God for talent, thank God for music. But I don't want people to say, man, that's a singing church. Uh, that's a separated church. No, no, no. I'm gonna tell you, when you get to verse number uh, five here, or verse number two, the first thing that Paul puts on the agenda through the inspiration of the Holy Spirit in our walk, uh, the first thing about our walk is it has to be in love, amen. You see, I've met a lot of people that were separated, but they didn't love God, amen. I've met a lot of people that were squeaky clean, gun barrel straight, and I'm not minimizing convictions and standards, and you know that, but if that's all you got, and it's not done out of a heart of love, then friend, you've missed the mark. You're just miserable, amen. I'll tell you why a believer ought to be separated, because of verse number two. It ought to be the number one priority. You ought to love Jesus and love God so much that you want to come out from this world, that you want to not do 
anything that would be unclean. Uh, I'm telling you, that's got to be the motivating factor. You can't do it because your preacher says so. You can't do it because your family lives that way. You can't do it because you're raised that way. All those things are commendable, but there has to come a time in your life uh, when you nail down what you believe and why you believe it because you love God with all your heart uh, and that's a motivating factor, amen. You know why David was so grieved in Psalms 51, I think it is? When he said, create in me a clean heart, O God, renew a right spirit within me. Purge me with hyssop that I shall be clean. Wash me that I shall be whiter than snow. You know why David was so grieved over his sin of adultery? I'm gonna tell you why. It wasn't the adultery in itself. It was the fact that David realized he had grieved and broken the heart of God. See, some people repent because they get caught. Some people repent because they're ashamed. But I'll tell you, when true repentance comes is when you love God so much that you're sorry because you have grieved the Holy Spirit in your life. I want to say this walk in love, the Savior in verse two, the separation in verse three and four, the solemn truth in verse number five. For this you know that no whoremonger, nor unclean person, nor covetous man who is an idolater hath any inheritance in the kingdom of Christ and of God. He's talking about a walk in love, the spiritual wisdom of verse number six and seven. And he said, be not ye therefore partakers with them. It's true, we are to live a separated life, but everything with our walk with God, God said, I want your walk to begin with love. I want you to read your Bible because you love me. I want you to pray to me because you love me. I want you to live a clean life because you love me. I want you to go to church because you love me. I want you to witness the sinners because you love me. I'm telling you this morning, when you love somebody, you'll serve them with joy. You'll serve them with gladness. Won't nobody have to beg you to come to church. Won't nobody have to beg you to show up on time for Sunday school. Won't nobody have to beg you to pay tithes and offering. Won't nobody have to beg you to get up and give a testimony. When you love someone, you're consumed and it motivates you, hallelujah. Love will even cause you to act foolish sometimes, won't it? I'm talking about you ever seen two people when they first fall in love? I don't know if it embarrasses them, but it embarrasses me. That's right. I was in Utah back a few days or a few months ago and there's a young couple just got married and you could tell they just got married. Have one if I was the pastor, I went over and said, Hey, y'all, y'all quit, y'all, y'all separate a little bit. He said, Well, they're married, preacher. I know it's just embarrassing the devil out of me. Love will make you, you, you take them little old babies, they'll make a fool out of an adult. You know what it is? Love. And Paul said, We're fools for Christ. You know why there's so much apathy and complacency in our church? It's not that people may not always be saved, but they, their love has dwindled. Love not the things of this world. Love not the world, neither the things that are in this world. For if any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life is not of the Father, but is of the world. And the world, we ought to remember this, the world passeth away, and the lust thereof, but he that doeth the will of God 
abideth forever. If we're not careful, I'll tell you what will happen. You'll sit in a good church so long under good preaching. I'm not saying my preaching is good, but you'll sit under good preaching and teaching for so long that what will happen is uh, after a while, uh, you'll look out there and you'll see something and it'll grab hold of your heart. uh, And it may not be a bad thing in and of itself, uh, but if it ever gets a hold of your heart, it becomes an idol in your life. uh, And the purpose of that idol is to get your devotion, to get your love, to get your attention, to get your sacrifice, anything to take you away from that devotion to God. I want to tell you this morning, uh, uh, listen, I pray, uh, but I want to love him with all my heart, don't you? Uh, The Bible said we love him because he first loved us. uh, And greater love hath no man than this, and a man lay down his life for his friends. Uh, I'm glad Jesus loves me, this I know, for the Bible tells me so, uh, and we ought to love him. Uh, He's loved us as he did Israel with an everlasting, unconditional love. Uh, And we need to love, and we ought to walk in love. Amen. I see a lot of sad faces in churches sometimes. That love is missing. Walk in love. Look at verse number eight. He said, walk in light. For you were sometimes darkness, but thank God now. Are you light in the Lord? Isn't it good to be in the light? Walk as children of light. Every morning I get up, it's usually dark when I get up. But when I get up, I tell you what I'll do. I'll go in there. I'll start me a cup of coffee and I'll get me a, I'll get me a protein shake and I'll get me about 16 ounces of some plexus, amen. And then I'll go in there and I'll, I'll open the curtains, amen. And it's still dark, but I'm waiting for the sun to come up, amen. And while the sun's coming up, I'll drink the shake, I'll drink the coffee and I'll drink the plexus, amen. And you know what? I'll sit there and read my Bible and I'll tell you, listen, every, and I'll watch the sun come up just before the sun comes up. You know what happens? Uh, I mean, just a few, just about two or three minutes uh, and before the sun peeks over that horizon, uh, uh, the birds will go to singing. Amen. Uh, you know why? Because the suns are coming up in the morning uh, and some men love darkness rather than light because their deeds are evil. Uh, but I'm telling you, when you get born again, uh, uh, God takes you out of all that darkness uh, and he puts you in the light. Amen. He takes you out of all that deadness uh, and he puts you in the life. Amen. Uh, and thank God I like the light, don't you? Amen. Who likes a dark room anyway? I like it, amen, when we have those long days of sunlight, don't you? I mean, I like it when it's day. I like the light. And the Word of God, he said in Psalms 119, 105, thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Amen. The Word of God, the Bible said, the entrance of thy word uh, giveth light. Uh, the Word of God will give you light. Uh, I'm telling you, the Bible said in John chapter number one and verse number one, in the beginning was the Word uh, and the Word was with God. Hey, that's Jesus. Isn't that right? And the Word was God and the same was in the beginning with God. Remember when he stepped out on nothing and said, let there be light. Amen. And the word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. All things were made by him. Have you all believed that? And without him was not anything made that was made. In him was life and the life was the light of men. And the light shineth in darkness. And the darkness comprehended it not. Thank God for the light. Amen. The Bible said there was a man in verse 5 sent from God whose name was John. The same came for a witness. A 
bear witness of that light that all men through him might believe. He said he was not that light, but he was sent to bear witness of that light. That is a true light that lighteth every man that cometh into this world. He came unto his own. The world was made by him. The Bible said, and the world knew him not. He came unto his own, and his own received him not. But as many as received him, to them gave he power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on his name. Hallelujah. I'm glad I'm one of them, aren't you? The Bible said, the word was made flesh and dwelt among us. And we beheld his glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. I'm telling you this morning, the light of the word of God is what we walk in. We ought to read the Bible every day of our life. Amen. We ought to live. Uh, uh, he talks about our past in verse number eight. He talks about our progress in verse number nine. That's the fruit of the Spirit in all goodness, righteousness, and truth. Uh, he talks about our pleasure in verse number 10, proving what is acceptable unto the Lord. Uh, our perception in verse number 11 and 12, we're to have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather prove them for it is a shame even to speak of those things which are done of them in secret. He said in verse 12, in verse 13, he talks about here but all things that are reproved are made manifest by what? By the light for whatsoever doth make manifest is light and then we notice here our promise in verse 14 wherefore he saith awake thou that sleepest and arise from the dead and Christ shall give thee light what a promise you say preacher I want to know the mind of God the will of God you better walk in the light of the word of God if you want to know, he said, walk in light, walk in love. And then I want to show you one final thing this morning. Walk in learning. Look what he said in verse number 15. See then that you walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise, the saints' steps. Redeeming the time because the days are evil, the saints' stewardship. Wherefore, notice what he said, be ye not unwise, but understanding what the will of the Lord is. What is the will of God? 1 Timothy 2 and verse number 4 says, Who will have all men to be saved and come unto the knowledge of the truth? It's the will of God for everyone to be saved. And then it's the will of God for everyone to be filled with the Holy Spirit. You cannot be filled with the Holy Spirit if you don't walk in, the, in love and you don't walk in light. And then you don't walk in learning. If you want to be filled, walk in learning. Be not unwise but understanding what the will of the Lord is. To know the will of God is to get in the word of God. Amen. And he talks about the saints' stability in verse number 16. Be not drunk with wine or separation, but be filled with the Spirit. The Holy Spirit is our stability. Do you realize that? That when Jesus spent 40 days and nights out in the wilderness, uh, the Bible said in the next verse, then he was led, verse, first verse of Matthew 4 and verse 1, he was led up by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. See what Jesus was proving at his baptism is that he was not going to fulfill his earthly ministry through the power of his flesh or his own ability. And we know that he had all power. He had all ability. But when he was baptized by John in Jordan and he come up out of that water, the Bible said the Father spoke out of heaven. This is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. Here you hear. But the Spirit of God descended in the form of a dove and Jesus was led by the Holy Spirit in everything that he did in his earthly ministry. He didn't do it through the power of the flesh, but he did it through the power of the Holy Spirit. And my friend, he's our great example. If we're going to do anything for God, we cannot operate in the flesh, but we must operate in the Spirit of God. Hallelujah. Are you filled with the Holy Spirit? 
Or are you filled with self? Or are you filled with sin? Or you feel, what are you filled with this morning? I want to say we need it in this hour. We need to be filled with Are you filled with anger, malice, bitterness, hatred, jealousy, pride? What are you filled with this morning? Lord, empty me of everything that is not of you. Fill me with the Holy Spirit. Be not drunk with wine, wherein is excess, but be filled with the Spirit. A man that is filled with the Holy Ghost. Notice what he says in verse number 19. He'll have a song, won't he? Speaking to yourselves in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. Isn't that what David said in Psalms 40? When he said, I waited patiently for the Lord and he inclined unto me and heard my cry. He said, he brought me up also out of a horrible pit out of the miry clay and set my feet upon a rock and established my goings. And I put a new song in my mouth. God puts a song in our mouth, doesn't he? Brother Danny was talking about it this morning. Before you get saved, you sing the world songs. You know why some people in church are still singing country music and rock music? Because they don't have a song on the inside. It's a shame, but I've even known so-called, so-called, I want to highlight that, preachers who would say it's all right to listen to George Jones and I know those are all outdated now. And Hank Williams and all those things. You know why? They're not filled with the Holy Spirit. You feel the Holy Ghost, you don't want to sing the world's trash. Is that right? I'll preach that till my dying day. I don't care if it's a house full or a handful, it's still true, isn't it? I believe, listen, rock music is sin, country music is sin, contemporary music is sin, you know that. You say, what are we supposed to sing? It's right there in verse number 19. Psalms, hymns, spiritual songs, amen. Songs that don't sound like the world, songs that sound like heaven, amen. Songs that glorify God, songs that don't magnify the flesh. I don't want to hear a song that sounds like a soft rock song or a jazz song or, or some rapping song. There's no such thing as rapping for Jesus. Somebody say amen right there. There's no such thing as, uh, get, listen, I look at some of these so-called even southern gospel singers uh, and they look like a bunch of sodomites, amen, the way they're dressed. Uh, and I'm talking about the men. You know that's all right. And I'm telling you, if I had a boy and he wanted to dress that way, I'd whip his tail in, amen, until the smoke alarms went off. Ain't that right? Uh, I'm telling you, listen, you young men hear me. Don't you get you some of them. Don't get on them sodomite suits. Somebody say amen. Well, I don't know where that came from, but I'm glad it came out. I know how. I mean, to look at they want to appear so much like this world, don't they? They want to dress in black and all this gothic stuff. Uh, and they want their, their, the front of their albums to look like the world's album. You can tell which direction they're going. I don't even got to put the CD in and listen to it. You say, but oh, but Brother Gravely, there's some good songs on there. I'm not climbing through a septic to a sewer system, amen, to get a biscuit or a steak. Uh, I'm telling you, if it looks like a mess, that's what it is. Uh, I'm telling you, friend, uh, but I like some good old-fashioned Holy Ghost, uh, uh, spirit-filled singing uh, where people live what they believe. Uh, and they're the same thing on Monday that they was on Sunday. And if you see them at Walmart, uh, they look just like they do everywhere else. Uh, and they live right, live clean. Uh, and they'll stick around for preaching, amen. Uh, they won't sing and go get out on a bus and smoke their cigarettes. Uh, uh, but I'm telling you, friend, they'll go to the house of God. Uh, and they're there to worship, not to entertain. Uh, I'm talking about if you're filled with the Holy Ghost, uh, uh, thank God you'll have a song, amen. You'll have a song. I was preaching, it's been a few years back and thank God it has been. <laughs> and this group was singing and I'm telling you, if I told you their name, everybody in the building know who that was. 
And they, I don't know how much sin they sure was performing for an hour and about 15 minutes. And if I'd have had a five-gallon bucket, I'm sure I could have filled it. And I was sitting there saying, Lord, you're going to have to help me. And when I got, got up to preach, you know what? It was done before it ever started. Because the show was over. I didn't have a show to bring. And I'm telling you, friend, we're living in a world that's so drunken on entertainment. They're so drunk on recreation and entertainment. And I'm not against all that stuff. You know in its rightful place. But it has bled into our churches to now that the average pastor nowadays thinks that he's got to bring in. Of course, we got singers this morning, but they're not that way. But you got to bring in some big name group to, to draw everybody. You're drawing, you're drawing the wrong crowd the wrong way. Amen. I'm telling you, they'll bring them in. And listen, that crowd, they won't stick around to hear preaching and everybody is done when the singing is over with. I don't know why I'm on this, but I'm just going to plow it up while I'm here. Amen. I mean, it's always a good reminder too, isn't it? But singing ought to be filled with the Holy Ghost. It ought to honor God, number one. It ought to exalt his name. It ought to magnify his name. It ought to not display the flesh. Isn't that right? I thank God for talents that people have, but it's not about talent. It's about a touch, amen? And if God don't touch it, it's not worth listening to, amen? And this morning, if you're saved and you're filled with the Holy Spirit, you'll have a song that'll sing to the Lord. You can tell it by their song. You can... Tell it by their spirit. Look what he said. Giving thanks always for all things unto God and the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. You know, when you're filled with the Holy Spirit, you have a spirit of gratitude, a spirit of thankfulness. I'm telling you, when you're filled with the Holy Spirit, you're just joyful. You're happy. You're, you're glad to be alive. You're glad to have a church to go to. You're glad you're born in America. You're really glad it's 10 after 12 and the preacher's still preaching. Amen. You're glad you're not in some formal church that at 12 o'clock everybody's got to get out the door. You're glad. You're just glad we're in overtime. You're glad that if the world and carnal church members can shout for overtime in a football game that we can have a little bit of overtime in the house of God. You don't get quiet when it gets 12 o'clock. Amen. You still come alive. You're still glad to be in America. You're still glad to have, listen, have a King James Bible. Amen. You're glad to say that without apology. You're still glad to be in an old-fashioned Holy Ghost church. I'm telling you this morning, you're glad to be a Baptist, amen. You're just glad, hallelujah. It'll do some people some good to smile. They may fracture their jawbone when they do it, but go ahead, it's worth it. Why is church to some people who say they're saved? Why are they so miserable in church? I'm going to tell you why. They're either lost, religious but lost, or they've never been filled with the Holy Spirit. There's some people, I'm telling you, brother, seven people could get saved this morning. And people could run around this building four or five times shouting Jesus. You know what? They'd still meet me at the back door and have a sour message. Now, you don't offend me. I'm used to your sour message if that's you. You, at least you're consistent. <laughs> but I feel sorry for you. I remember one year of Jubilee. But I'm telling you, I'll tell you exactly the service it was. Exactly the service it was. 
Fifteen people. Y'all remember that Wednesday night Bo Wagner preached? Fifteen people got saved. He preached about 20 minutes on hell. God fell in this place. People got saved and we shouted and we rejoiced. And when we said the final amen, I was standing right here where Brother Williams is sitting at. I was standing right here. and We said the final amen. I turned around and there's a woman right here in my face. And she just went, nanny, 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 nanny. I let her finish. And when she got done, I didn't even answer her question. I said, did you just miss what happened? She said, what you, I said, 15 people just got saved. I said, and you're complaining. I said, you need to get right with the Lord. I didn't say that to be mean to her. She, she, she did get right with God afterwards. Not that night, she didn't, but... But I'm going to tell you something. If you love people, you'll tell them the truth. She know I, she know I wouldn't be mean. I said, you need to get right with God. There ain't nothing more important than souls being snatched out of hell. I tell you, and then this morning, I want you to understand something. There's days. There's days when I've complained like others. There's days when my spirit's been negative and the Holy Ghost will speak to me and say, Son, why don't you be thankful? I won't tell you, God has been so good to us. Honestly and truthfully this morning, we just like was already said this morning, we don't have anything to complain about. Anybody here not know where their next meal's coming from? And I don't mean you can't decide the restaurant of your choice. I mean this morning you don't know, anybody here not know what they're going to eat or if they're going to eat? Anybody here this morning... Not have another suit of clothes, as Brother Point Dexter said. Any of us here this morning, we look back where we was at. You remember when you when you first started out and I'll tell you, when me and my wife got married, we lived in a little apartment uh, and we, nothing wrong with that, but we didn't have anything. We didn't have anything. And I think about to, today, God, if he took it all away, I still couldn't complain. If it's all going up in smoke right now, all I could do is say, Lord, you took it away, but you've been so much better to me than I ever deserved. Uh, and can I just be real honest? Uh, all the material things don't mean anything this morning. They're gonna just fade away uh, in dust, but even beyond that, uh, he's given me a good wife uh, and give me good, uh, good children and good family uh, and grandchildren and son-in-laws. Uh, and you can look around this morning uh, and you can count your blessings uh, in a good church family to go to church. Uh, I have to sing and say, oh God, uh, you've been good to me. Uh, you bless me. Uh, I don't deserve anything this morning. Uh, I ought to be in hell and so should you. Uh, I ought to be sleeping under a bridge somewhere. Uh, but God, God has blessed us beyond what we deserve this morning. He's been good to us, hasn't he? I don't care if you drive a Ford, a Chevy, or a Kia. God's been good to you. Isn't that right? You may not get as far with some as you do others, but he's been good to you. God's been good. And a spirit-filled man is not spending his days, spirit-filled lady, complaining about everything that went wrong. You know what they're doing? They're looking around saying, well, that's the Lord's goodness. And that's God's goodness. Well, God's been good to me right here. He let me get out of the bed this morning. Let me dress myself. Lord, let me get a good night's sleep in a climate-controlled room. Well, God's been good to us, hasn't he? 
I'm telling you, let me go to church and I didn't have to ride a mule or a camel this morning. I didn't have to walk. I didn't come in a pair of sandals this morning. Nothing wrong if I would have. And if you did, I don't know what to think about that. But I'm just telling you this morning. But God's been, he put some shoes on your feet. He's been good to us, hasn't he? Been so good. Lord, you've been good. Got a good job. Think about that. You ain't got much money in the bank, but you got money in the bank. I don't care if you got $2 in the bank. You got more than some people's got. Spirit-filled man. And then by their submission, submitting yourselves one to another in the fear of God. I want to ask you this morning, a spirit-filled man will submit to the authority that God puts in their life. One to another. I believe even as a pastor, we're to humble ourselves before saints. <clears throat> All of us. The Bible said we'll be clothed with humility. First Peter chapter 5. We're to live our life in a way that we all recognize that we need each other. Amen. You, you young men, you young preachers listen to me this morning. I look at a lot of preachers today, young preachers. And I'll define young preacher. I was thinking about that. A young preacher is anybody that's 35, under 35 years of age. That's a young preacher. You say, well, how do you know that? Because middle age starts at 35. And so that's your, you're a young preacher. But I see a lot of young preachers today, and I'm preaching this because I don't want our young preachers to adopt the mentality. But it's not just for preachers, it's for everybody. I see a lot of young men today that they, they, they don't follow instructions and counsel. They're trying to lead when they still need to follow. They want to be in the forefront when they need to hide themselves. You young preachers, you hear me this morning. You stay that way. You stay that humble. You stay, you listen to that counsel. But continue thou in the things which thou hast learned and been assured of, knowing of whom thou hast learned them. I'll tell you, I think one of the saving graces in my ministry has been the older people that God put in my path. And I'm talking about the pastors and the preachers that God put in my way to live. And that's true about all of our life. You say, I'm not a preacher. No, but it's true. Continue thou in the things which thou hast learned and been assured of, knowing of whom thou hast learned them. Don't let somebody you work with, don't let somebody, a neighbor, don't let a friend lead you down the wrong way. I don't care if it's sound, I don't care if they got sugar running out both sides of their mouth. I'm telling you this morning, what you do is you follow those people that have walked with God down through the years and lived a spirit-filled life. They'll never lead you in a wrong direction. As we stand this morning. The greatest need in our churches today, I say this this morning, but fear in my own soul is to be filled with the Holy Spirit. To be a Spirit-filled child of God. I'm not telling you I've arrived. I'm not telling you I'm an authority on it. It's just truth. Lord, help me. Help us this morning. <coughs> help me to live in the Spirit. Help me to walk in the Spirit. Help me to take counsel. Help me to realize, and I'm talking to this preacher this morning, I, I don't have all the answers. I don't. I don't know all the things. I have found the will of God more times than none by saying, Lord, if you don't show me, if you don't help me, if you don't guide me, I will surely do the wrong thing. Not intending to, but I need your wisdom. I need your counsel. I need your leadership. I need your guidance. Show me the way.
He'll do that if you'll walk with Him. If you'll seek Him. He said, you'll find me when you seek me with all your heart. He can be found. And He desires for you to walk with Him.